What is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Hello, 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 party people. There's something about a goddamn mini. A little mini. Aren't people like obsessed with miniature things? Some people are obsessed with mini things. Well, I'm obsessed with mini episodes for Call Her Daddy. Welcome back, guys. I hope you're having an incredible, relaxing Sunday. I am going to contribute to that zen energy. If you have never had a medium reading, or you don't even know what a medium is. Today, you guys are going to hear from Jonathan Mark, who is a famous medium. He helped on the Gabby Petito case and many other famous cases. I want to give you guys a heads up before you listen that in the episode, you will hear he and I referencing my personal reading that he did for me. We did it at the beginning of the episode, and I chose not to keep my personal reading in because it was extremely emotional and contained a lot of personal family information that I'm just not really wanting to open up about publicly right now. I hope you guys can understand. Um, So aside from that, just want to give you a heads up if you hear us referencing that, that's what we're talking about. But anyways, now some of you may be thinking, Why the fuck are you having a medium on Call Her Daddy, Alex? Well, you know, okay, everybody calm down. I don't know if you guys have been noticing, but I've been trying to kind of meet with different experts and authors and just different professionals of their fields. And so I figured, why not have a medium on? That shit's really interesting to me. And so you guys can decide for yourself. Do you believe in all of this or not? Daddy gang, enjoy. Here is Jonathan Mark. This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with Sparkling Ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor. Sparkling Ice. Anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Daddy Gang. I get that there are some things you don't want to share, but bottling everything up inside can truly have some awful consequences. I remember growing up, I guess, honestly, the the truth is I was getting bullied and I was like so embarrassed to tell my family that because at home I was fine, but at school it was tough for me. And I just remember feeling so awful about myself and I kept it to myself and I dealt with it by myself. And it literally just caused truly maybe like a decade of trauma. And later in life, now that I've processed it, I'm like, damn, I would have been so much better off if I had just talked to someone about it. And it didn't even have to be my parents. Talking helps a lot. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. I have had such an incredible relationship and experience with therapy. I was so ready to get better and to better myself and understand myself more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists whenever you need to for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com daddy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot daddy. 
Two years ago, I became pregnant with a baby I desperately wanted. During a routine ultrasound, I learned that the fetus would have a fatal condition and never survive. I had to flee my own state to receive treatment. I think Donald Trump bears an incredible amount of responsibility for these restrictive laws. We need leaders that will protect our rights, and that's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. So to anyone that's not familiar, can you explain for us, like, what is a medium? Yeah, like, so I try to explain it like this, like a medium is the person that can access, I would say, like a part of their, I guess, like you can say brain, mind, whatever you want to call it, but it's really the brain. And you can kind of have like a funnel of like, like the energy that has passed away to come through to kind of give you messages for the living. So you're kind of like the medium, you're kind of like the person that kind of just like, is like a funnel and just like, you're just the messenger, really. And is there a difference between a medium and a psychic? 100%. And that's like such a great question, because I think people don't understand that like a psychic is someone that strictly tells the future, like just strictly will tell you like, things that are going on a medium is someone who only talks about like the past. So they're, they're two different things. But if you're like a, a true medium, you are also a psychic, because like, what, but like, depending on how you read, everyone reads different. Like, if someone asked me a question about like the future, I tell people it's a little unrealistic, because it's like, you have free will to do like whatever you want, essentially. But I use your loved ones to kind of give me like the information for it through like validation of like the names of people and stuff. So, but I also know free will is like such a big thing. So like, I'm super aware about it. The word psychic is very, is used often medium, I feel like hasn't been. And so it's interesting to hear the difference. Um, calls me psychic. I'm like, oh my God. You're like, no. Yeah. I'm like, oh my freaking God. I'm like, no. (laughs) So you have a pretty amazing story about the first time that you, that your like medium abilities were revealed to you when you were only four, right? Basically when I was a kid, when I was six months old, my mom's sister, her like best, best, best friend, they lived together, um, everything. She passed away tragically. She was my age actually when she passed. And so I was, it was actually Easter time, I think. And my grandfather, her father, my mom's other sister were there. And I walk up to them and I'm like, oh, and Sue's thanking you for bearing her in your jean jacket. Like she's comfortable. And my mom like looked at me and she's like, what'd you say? My grandpa was like, he screams, what the hell does that mean? He's like, what the hell is that? So my mom starts like tearing up and my grandpa and my other aunt like look at her and they're like, what? So I guess when they lived together, there was a jean jacket that they would steal back and forth from each other, like constantly. And when the service happened, she um, like walked in after the service to the casket, put the jean jacket on her. So no one knew about. So my mom wanted to go and buy herself to say her final goodbye without anyone being there because she was having such a hard time processing it. And then my mom started crying and like, cause she wanted her to be warm underground. And she felt like she felt like that jean jacket always kept her warm, which is so nice. And uh, yeah. And then from there, like even crazier crap happened. So it's like, but that was like the first like big thing that like my mom's like, what the hell was that? (laughs) Do you remember like how that information at that age, like came to you? Was it a vision? Mm -hmm. Was it audio? Did you hear something? Did you see an image? I saw her. So like, that's how it happened. It's like, I would literally see her. Like I live on Long Island, obviously. And, and when we moved here and when I started really seeing her in this house, 
um, there's like a long hallway into the kitchen. And when I was a kid, all our rooms were in the corner. So when I would go up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, whatever, I would see her and she just smile and like wave at me. But every time she would do it, it would be a different outfit with different jewelry. So I would, I would describe it to her. My mom would pull out the earrings that I described, pull out the necklace. I mean, I have the necklace in my pocket that I, I always do readings with it. So I described it to her when I was a kid. So when I got older and I started doing this, she gave me the stuff that I described to her. So when, when I do readings, I put it in my pocket like every time. It's like a comfort thing for me. What? were you feeling when you discovered this ability? So when I was a kid, I kind of thought it was normal. Like I thought like you saw it, like we all saw it. (laughs) And I guess like when I was like getting older and I wanted, you know, like my boys and my friends and everyone, we were like hanging out and I'm seeing this stuff and they're not seeing it. And like, I guess like, as you get older too, you kind of realize like that stuff is like people could perceive it as weird Mm -hmm. and or whatever, or just like different. So I wanted to be as like, quote unquote, like normal as possible. Right. So um, I kind of just stopped speaking about it. I just like, but as like I was getting older, typically if you don't like use it or whatever for a long period of time, it kind of dwindles down, but it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then that's when I thought I was like schizophrenic. And I was like, before I went off to college to play my sport in college for like preseason and stuff, I like asked my mom about it. And like, if there's any schizophrenia in the fam, the family and stuff. That is like, I can't imagine being that young and and having these moments within yourself. And like you just said, like you literally were questioning, you're like, am I schizophrenic? Like what's happening? And even though your experiences started to happen at a young age, I know that you didn't really like confirm that you were a medium until Mm -hmm. you were 20. How did that unfold? So it was kind of like what I was telling you about, like when I was going up to college for preseason, I did a year home at a community college. I'm sure you know, I don't know if you know about sports. I'm sure you know about sports and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I decommitted from the school. So I went to community college for a year to go to a, like another school. And so when I went to this other school to play lacrosse, I, it was the night before. And I told my mom about the schizophrenia thing. And she's like, I'm going to see this medium. Like, do you want me to ask her? And I was like, I mean, like, I have to be honest. I was like 20 years old, 1920. I thought mediums had like big ass hair, long nails and stuff. I was like, who? like who the hell is this person going to tell me like what what's going on and I was like I guess so I I'll I'll never forget this I came back from a scrimmage and uh, she calls me and she's like the medium said you could be crazy she she doesn't know like you have to come in for her to like no like she has to see you I was like okay so I come home for December and I walk in there I'm telling you, I was probably more skeptic than like most people. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like I walk in and she goes, I'll never forget this. And my mom can attest to this too. Cause she, I made her come with me. Cause I know who the hell this person was. And she goes, Holy shit. I've never seen someone this developed and this gifted this young. She's like, Oh my God. She's like, can I train you? I swear God. The first thing I said was hell no. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, hell no. I was like, I want to go back to school. I want to drink, party, have fun, play lacrosse. I'm like, no. And I walk out, I'm in the car and I'm like, like shit, man. Like if I have this ability that she says that I do, I think I should help people. Cause like, if I wasn't doing this, I was doing NYPD and stuff. So it was like, I always wanted to help people. So I call her back a week later and I was like, you know what? like, let's do this. So I go in and she goes, read me. I was like, what? And she's like, if you're really as gifted as I think you are, 
like you can read me kind of like I did with you just before right and I was like okay so I read her and she was she was impressed she kind of helped me kind of decipher on like what I was seeing because I was still like unclear about like what certain things like meant and she was reading the public for about like six to eight years and about six months I caught up to her like I guess you say skill level or whatever so she basically like told me to go on and do your like own thing. And then that's when my mom became so important in this. Cause she like would bring friends from work and like their friends and like people that I had no idea. And that she didn't really even have a relationship with too much. And then I would do these readings and stuff. <laughs> and um, I'm telling you like bizarre shit. Wow. At a pretty young age, that's very selfless of you to realize like, you know what? I think I just, if I have this, like I want to help people like that's yeah. incredible with this ability can you call upon it at any time, any place, or does there have to be like a specific right moment? So I could basically do it whenever. I mean, I definitely can do it whenever. And I had instances where like, you know, I freaked people out um, and stuff, but I've also learned like you have to be able to ignore it. Otherwise you'll get burned out because it takes so much to do. That's why I'm wearing a sweatshirt because I sweat so much when I do it. So it's like, I always wear a sweatshirt. It's like, if you, if like anyone sees my readings and stuff, like most of the time I'm either wearing like a black shirt, t-shirt, if it's in LA and I'm sweating or just like a hoodie, it just takes so much out of you. Can you read stuff for yourself in your life? I wish, I wish (gasps) it would help me so much. I wish everyone comes to me. Everyone comes to me. Oh my God. I wish I could. I wish. Do you have like, though, like, have you been able to set boundaries for yourself? In the last few years, I've been reading like a lot of like people out in LA and like the celebrity stuff and they don't have boundaries. So it's kind of like, there's little to no boundaries. And um, I've learned that like when someone wants something, they want it like now and they don't want to wait. So I'm trying to tell people like, Hey, just like wait like a couple of weeks or just give me like a couple of days. But I'm also and, and I recognize this, I'm a people pleaser. So like, I'm a, like immediately they say like, I need help. I just walk away and I kind of read them for like 20 minutes. And then I go back to like what I'm doing. Even if I'm out at a bar and they call me, I do it. I get what you're saying, especially the celebrities. And like, that's like a weird line for you. I'm sure you have to like, at first it was probably cool. And now you're like, okay, actually some of these people are. That's exactly, <laughs> that's literally exactly. At first I was like, I'm, I can't believe I'm in the room with these people. Like, and now wild. you're like, Okay, I'm you'd done. rather help yeah. like someone in your community that like actually fucking needs the help. One hundred percent. That's exactly what I, I lean towards now. I That's lean amazing. towards those people that need that, not like the celebrity that wants to know like what's their next script or something. Yes, I'm curious. Can all dead people communicate with the living? Yeah. So I kind of explain it like this: like everyone can sing, but not everyone can sing like Frank Sinatra. So everyone kind of has the ability. It's just like how far can you push it, and how far can your body push it. So that's what I'm It's just all, all in different ways. So you're able to communicate with the dead, but you also have visions of things that might happen to the living. Can you explain the story of the first person whose life you saved? This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. Do you ever find yourself looking at your full wardrobe, but still feeling like you got nothing to wear? Well, gather around, Daddy Gang. Saks.com. You're going to find 
instant inspiration for that date night, for that impromptu vacation, okay? Maybe you need a new dress because one of your friends is getting married soon, okay? So if you're looking for a new style or want to build a better relationship with your closet, then head to Saks.com to shop for everything on your agenda. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Daddy gang, what are your plans for the summer? I want to probably sign up for a couple excursions with mats, really put myself out there, do something I don't usually do. But when you want something, you got to just go for it. And that applies when you're hiring for your business. ZipRecruiter can help you snag the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And luckily, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash daddy. Got your eye on a rock star candidate. ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. So amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter, Daddy Gang, and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash daddy to try it for free right now. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash daddy. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Something that really grinds my gears is I somehow will find myself just subscribing to things, right? And then all of a sudden I see I have been paying the subscription service and I don't even use it because I just forgot to cancel it. Rocket Money can help you cancel a subscription that would otherwise be more time consuming and also you probably forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place place. And if I see anything I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash daddy. That's rocketmoney.com slash daddy. Rocketmoney.com slash daddy. Can you explain the story of the first person whose life you saved? Yeah, I was doing a reading and it was, I was, I obviously won't forget because like my mom obviously repeats this all the time because they reach out to her for my readings and stuff. So they still do. And I I was reading her and I kept bringing up, I'm going to use the name John, right? Just my name. So I'll be like, like, they keep showing John and they keep showing his heart and he needs to get to a hospital like ASAP. They, they keep putting hospital signs next to him. Like, and she's like, John, like I spoke to him like last week, like we're good friends, but like, that's weird. So at the end, I guess she, I told her, I go, can you please just text or call? And like, just so I know that you did it, like just so far, like my head and stuff, whatever. So she texts him and this, this, this guy goes, bullshit. This kid's full of fucking shit. Like who the hell is this kid? This wackadoo, like whatever. So I guess a week goes by and he's like, well, he's describing something. And he specifically said me, I'm going to go to the doctor, whatever. He goes, I'm just going to go. So he calls his doctor and he goes, the doctor says, like, does all these tests. Like they did like the EKG and all that stuff. And they said, holy shit, get to the hospital now. Everything is bad. Get to the hospital. They go to the hospital. I think they said like almost all of his arteries were clogged and he could have, if 
They basically said he had 48 hours to live before he had a massive heart attack and die if he didn't get to the hospital then. So they did open heart surgery and they saved his life. He came to my house about three months later, I guess, after he like recovered and like hugged me. I don't know who the hell this guy was. It was a random ass dude at my house, gave me a hug, explained to me the situation, showed me the scar on his chest. Yeah. Now we're friends and obviously, and um, I've done it with like other people, but like, that was the first, ex- like, that was the first time that I was like, holy shit, like I can help people. Was that a turning point for anything for you? Or you were just like, here we go. I got to keep going. It was a turning point because it was kind of like, um, I was working in the city and I was going through the process for NYPD and all that stuff. And I wasn't sure, like, do I divulge and really go into this like stuff or do I just say fuck it and stay with NYPD and all that. And my mom actually encouraged me to like leave everything that I was doing to go do this. And yeah, it kind of was a huge turning point because like, then it made it seem real to me, like really real to me. Like this could really help people on a different level than talking to whoever, like that's awesome, but it's like really saving someone like that's incredible. Have you ever approached someone in public just to tell them like that, like someone that died was trying to communicate with them? Okay. I got a good story about that. Actually. Um, I was in college and I had too much fun and I had to come home for a semester. <laughs> and, um, I love the way you say that. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I just had way too much fun. Like, you know, I had too much fun. So I came Great. home and uh, it was psychology 101. I failed it in the school in the previous school I was at. So I had to retake it to get back in and stuff. And, um, and I'm sitting there and the professor's uh, um, son kept coming through and it was kind of weird because if I'm put in a white room, I, like I, I never told this to anyone, but if, I, if I'm put in a white room, it's like everything amplifies for me by like a hundred because it's like what, how the energy comes through is like so bright. So you put a white wall, it's like I'm seeing everything just like even more bright in like a white room. It's kind of like if the sun hits it, whatever. So I'm packing up so slow waiting for everyone to leave the room. Like I'm literally putting like everything in so slow. And I woke up to her and I'm like, Hey, like, I don't know if you believe in mediums and stuff, but your son, I said his name and I said, he also committed suicide. And I said, he committed suicide. And I said what he was wearing and how he was found. And he wants you to like, kind of lift this burden. I'm like, obviously easier said than done. And I also said like, today's his birthday. And I know you're going to his grave. And the look that she gave me was like, who the fuck are you? How the fuck did you know that? And get the fuck out of here. Like that, it was like all three put into like one, really. So she started crying and I got all all of those looks. And then I kind of took the hint and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, get out of here. So she's, I hear her like kind of like yelping and like, you know, like when someone cries really loud, they like yell yeah. a little bit. She was yelping and I heard her like clear her desk, like throw stuff like off her desk. And I'm like, like shit, I shouldn't have said this, like whatever. So it was like a Monday, Wednesday class. So I come back on Monday. She goes, Jonathan, stay after I got to talk to you like that. And I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, fuck. And and she said to me, she goes, I'm sorry how I reacted. It was the death date or the birthday or whatever. And she's like, I was going to his grave right after. And she's like, the fact that you 
like, I don't even bring him up. She goes, I don't like post about him. She's like, I don't do anything like that. So she's like, only people that really know are my media family and close friends that know about the situation. And she's like, she goes, yes, I reacted wrong. But the comfort that you gave me from a complete stranger, she goes, a kid telling me this? She goes, I fell asleep at night better. So she's like, thank you. Did you give me a good grade? People will probably ask for that. No, she didn't. I got like the bare minimum of like a C plus to transfer. But um, <laughs> you're like, I didn't get the A, but yeah. you know. Yeah, I got the C. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, I feel like a lot of us in life, it's like you sometimes you think you don't want to hear it, but then when you hear it, there is a sense of hearing it is the beginning of the healing process. 100%. Yeah. And so, like, the fact that you're you have the ability to do that is so powerful. Thank you. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> one of the most interesting things that I was researching about you is that, like, yes. the police force has yeah. quite literally, like, welcomed you and your ability which is wild like also is that even is that like common for police forces to consult with mediums in their detective work they'll they'll say no obviously but it it is common okay so you've had experiences of helping determine the motive for a murder case can you talk us through that story yeah so Basically, I used to do group readings. I don't do them anymore because it's like for a lot of things. But there was like 20 people there and this woman comes in and I say, I'm like, oh, my God, it looks like your mom was murdered by your like father-in-law. And then he killed himself and she starts like bawling and she's like, yes. And I said like their names and stuff like, you know, the thing kind of like what I did with you. And she was like, you know, crying. And it was like tough. So I said like, like a couple of things and she reached out to me. And she was like, I need you to come back because we need to find the motive of kind of like why my father-in-law came in and murdered my mom. So I basically, you know, told her what I saw, which, which was like jealousy and money and like, like other factors to it, obviously. And um, the police found like all these notes and all the stuff in the guy's like attic and like everything. And it was exactly that. It was like exactly like what I told them, you know, that's kind of like the, the first that kind of gave me some respect on my name with like this, because it was a big case um, and like, they kind of like, holy shit, like that's kind of weird. Like, you know, like what the hell? And then it just led into like other things that like kind of, they kind of like hit me up for. You've helped find missing people. Can you tell us like an example of a missing person that you were able to help locate? Yeah. So I was reached out to by the girl's mom. So I try to help them. And basically what happened was she was dating someone and there was abuse stuff that was happening. And she kind of just like fled and left. And she was in college in a college town. So the police got involved and I'm telling her what I see. I start naming these people that were with her the night before. And she was like, holy shit. Like, yes. Like we had to call these people and like the process of like the night and I get the information from like their loved ones. I don't just like, like feed off their energy. Like I need to talk to someone for them to give it to me. So basically what happened was I told them like, there's this body of water where like Amtrak is and she's going on an Amtrak like train, like she's out of Harbor and she's going on the train to get like out of state. They look at the street cameras from what I'm telling them. They see her sitting on the Harbor, swinging her feet back and forth. Then they see her get on Amtrak to Texas and stop the train like 30 minutes in and pull her off. 
that was like the first one. Then I get a call back. Now, mind you, they don't call me back right away. Like, like if they find the person I'm waiting like a month, like I saw like a couple weeks to a month. So, um, they reached out to me and they're like, again, they're like, you know, the two police forces that like I've spoken to, they don't know each other because they're two different States, but they were like, you know, we thought this was a crock of shit. They told me, and they're like, you know, you know, we would love to like, you know, if anything ever happens to keep you, you know, in our index, if whatever. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I'm sure. sure you would love that. Do they pay you after or no? I don't take money from them. Okay. okay. I just want to help them. I would be interested to know, like, how do you pick and choose with regard to like those types of like cases yeah. when the police are reaching out? Like how often are you able to it's provide like your, it. yeah. So I have over 250 cases that are like given to me, like right now from like, literally all over the world like you can say south africa you can do like like all these places like the philippines holland mm-hmm. ireland like everywhere are people offering like crazy money for you to some are some are yeah. and I wouldn't take their money because um if i can help i can help but right. I, I i don't really like have like quite a process of like who who i pick i will probably say i'll give that to my mom because my mom will like read all of them and oh. she yeah and she like whatever she feels that like you know connection to it she's like you gotta yeah. do this one it, it's, it's really not, cool that you do it with your like your mom is like so helpful with you with this stuff that's it's she insane. sounds like she's like your right hand woman with yeah you. she's like the best like she works a full-time job and does all my stuff at night and Damn. Yeah, she like spends hours. Like I get the stuff I get, which I'm very thankful for. Hours. Of course. Yeah. Well, one of your most recent that was obviously like one of the biggest cases in the yeah. world at the time was the Gabby Petito case. Yes. And just last year, 22 year old Gabby Petito was reported missing on Long Island, where you live. Yeah. How quickly did someone reach out to you regarding the Gabby Petito case? So someone involved in the case of. It's, it wasn't a family person. So mm-hmm. it was someone that was getting all their stuff was basically just like, Hey, you know, what do you see? He goes as a friend and someone who's probably gonna be pulled on to this or involved or whatever. And I told him, um, I said to him, I go, listen, cause she was missing at this point. And it's all documented. I mean, there's been people who wrote articles, which I'm very thankful for about mm-hmm. me, like about like the timeline and stuff. And I basically said, I was like, if she's here, that's not a good thing. Like if I could see her, how I'm seeing her, that's not a good thing. Um, and I said, it looks like she's been, you know, obviously murdered by, by Brian Laundry. And I go, also, it seems like she's been dead for a couple of weeks. Like, it doesn't seem like when you find her, she's freshly passed away. And I said about two to three weeks before. And so time goes by and then the coroner comes out that she, well, they found her body. And that's when like Brian Laundry went missing and stuff. And he was a lead suspect at the time. And then they were like, she's been dead for about two to three weeks. The, the, like the coroner predicted, like it's been about two, two weeks, two to three. Like, so then I got a lot of attention from it because I said it publicly. And then all of a sudden, like it just gained some attention. And then it became like people wanted updates, which is fine. I did a little bit of updates, but then I realized I can't do that because if I'm talking to this person who's involved, it's like, becomes a very tricky situation. So I kind of like stopped doing it publicly. In these situations, like did information about Gabby start coming to you before anyone reached out or do you have to be asked about like a specific case to start receiving that type of information? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I didn't really like look 
before I was asked. I mean, like, I'm sure yeah. if I really like honed in, I could maybe find some stuff, but I didn't really look until someone like reached out to me because I didn't want to also step over a line with like prying information because like at a certain point with these, because there were so many police forces that were involved in this right. case. People don't even realize like there's like all these different forces, all these like the FBI and you don't want to step on their toes like at, at the same time. The Brian Laundry situation, I know you can't speak too much about it, but like, how did that information come to you that he was the one that killed Gabby? Because, well, she kept kind of insinuating her, like, a significant other, like someone who's extremely close to her, heavily involved in the murder. Okay. And then she basically also, I guess, when like time went on, I was reading, because this is also public, I said back in September, I go, it's unfortunate because he's going to take his own life. He's going to shoot himself. And what's the unfortunate part about it is that you're not going to get the information from the horse's mouth. Like you're not going to be able to get exactly what you want to hear. Like no one is. And, um, and then it turns out like months later, he shot himself in the head and all that. So it became like a very fine line of, um, I removed all that stuff from social media. I just removed it because like people were, I mean, like, I, I had like a somewhat of a following for it, but then it kind of went up and then I didn't realize how like the power of social media, I didn't like really understand it. Was it freaking you out how much people were reacting to social media or were you, are you just saying like you were realizing, like, I don't think it's smart for me to put these things out there. It was a mixture of both. Like people were like tweeting about me. I've like, been following Jonathan Mark and he's been like on and I was just like, that's weird. And then like, right. you know, that's super weird. And then people are writing articles. I'm like, that's also really weird. And like, I also was like, I don't want to ruin my reputation of just like talking about stuff because yeah. like it is private, but like I was just reached out to you for like information and stuff. It was such a public case too. That's, it's, that's, that's also what like freaked me out. It was, it was so publicized. And then you had all these people that were like, um, it was 75% good. 25% of people like stay in your own fucking lane. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like people yeah. were telling me that. And then I kind of just like realize the power of social media and I was just like I'm taking a step back from it you know thank you so much thank you're you you're amazing and thank I you. I we should definitely do something again sometime like you're you're amazing I would love that yeah that'd be so sick all right guys that is it for this week's mini episode I hope you guys enjoyed it I'm very excited for next week's guest I will be announcing it on my social media probably by the end of the day today or on Monday you know have a great Sunday Go take a little weed gummy, go drink some tea, get in the bath, relax, masturbate, turn on your favorite show, do what you got to do. Sunday scaries only exist if you let them exist. Okay. I love you all. Goodbye. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Want $0 delivery fees? Try Dash Pass by DoorDash. Daddy gang, I love being home. I love to be cozy, comfortable, laying on the couch. I can't tell you how many times I need something, but I am 
too lazy to get up and get out of the house. And sometimes I need food or groceries, you name it. Dash Pass gets it delivered right to my door and yours too. It is only $9.99 a month. So I think it's a really good deal, Daddy Gang. So get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with Dash Pass. And new members get a 30-day free trial. Terms apply. Sign up today. This episode is brought to you by Monday Hair Care. Daddy Gang, nobody likes Mondays. Am I right? (laughs) We're all sobbing. We're all sobbing and we're barely getting out of bed on a Monday. But Monday Hair Care is here to flip the script with its award-winning formulas. No more bad hair days. Daddy Gang, Monday Hair Care is turning Mondays into a reason to celebrate good hair, which I love, thank God, with seven new products like a leave-in conditioner, dry shampoo, a curl line, and body wash. And Daddy Gang, every single thing is under $10. Yes. And the smell is to die for. Okay. I want my hair smelling like something that Matt wants to be engulfed in. I want him to come out to me and go, oh my God, you smell amazing. Oh my God, <laughs> what is that in your hair? So Daddy Gang, reclaim the week with Monday at all leading retailers. Visit mondayhaircare.com to find a stockist near you.